Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Art the Dietitian and your fellow registered foodie. So today, kind of a couple of things that I wanted to talk about. Um, let's just get right into it. So the first thing um, is this thing that came about from eating out with my family. We went out to a restaurant and we went out to Red Robin, gourmet burger joint. Um, and as I was cruising through the menu um, with my aunt, we noticed that there was this page in the back of the menu and it was called five tips from the chef to make a lighter meal. I thought that was, I was like, well, what's this? You know, it kind of took me back because I haven't seen that in any kind of restaurant, you know? And so when I saw it, I thought it was very cool because as I, as I read more about it, <laughs> because you know, it, it gave you five options that you can do with anything on the menu that you got with the menu and trying to make it uh, healthier or less in calories, maybe choosing wiser things um, when it comes to um, your food. But it, it, you're still ordering from the regular menu, you know. I know most restaurants, they have these these other pages where it's like, um, where it, yeah, it's just already made food and choices that are lighter in calories, um, lower in calories. So I thought this was pretty cool. One... Because, you know, you're still choosing from the regular menu, so that's kind of cool. You can choose whatever you wanted and just swap things out. And, but secondly, the thing is that it, you know, got people more involved in their food, thinking a little bit more about the foods that they ate, um, really looking at what they, they can do, you know. So it made people more aware of the foods that they were eating. I thought that was really cool of, of having that in the menu. So I really liked it just because of the fact that it got people thinking about their food, being more conscious about their food. Really cool. <clears throat> and then it gets you a little bit more involved, have more fun with your food. And when you're having a little bit more fun with your food, you tend to eat that. <laughs> you tend to eat what you chose um, because you were more involved with it. So I thought really cool. I really like that. Um, I hope I, as I go, go to more restaurants and stuff like that, I see more of it. Um, but also... Something related to that is at work just recently, for some reason, it came up about, you know, having calories uh, in posted on menus, you know, right next to the food. And so the same thing with this um, five tips from the chef to make a lighter meal. They also had the calories next to it. But studies have shown that really consumers aren't paying too much attention to the calories or at least it's not making um a difference in consumer choices, you know, and plus most people who one of the things uh, that I read, which I thought was a good point, is that most people when they go out to eat, they're not really trying to go out to eat um, for health reasons, you know, so good point. But at the same time, I think it's still good that we do have those calories um, posted next to things because I myself personally, I, I like it, I use it. Um, usually I I, I have an idea of what I want. I go look at it, see what's on the calorie. And if it's very calor calorically dense, high in calories, then I try to choose something else. Or it might um, sway me to choose something a little healthier, you know. So I, I, I really like it. But some people can't really relate to what calories are. So they might see, oh, this is only 500 calories for this for this burger or whatever it is or for the fries, the chili cheese fries. And they don't really think too much about it. And so, <clears throat> you know, there's this, there's a, they're coming up with ideas on how to make it more relatable. And one of the ideas was instead of calories, 
put how many miles it takes to walk off the food, basically. And so I thought that was really cool. I think that's a really good idea. It makes everything a little bit more relatable. And people can really see that just eat, they have to walk how many miles just to get rid of that milkshake that they drink? Yeah, gets you thinking a little bit more about the food that you're eating, right? So I think that's really cool. I think it's a great idea. Um, I'm all for it because, you know, you could spend an hour on a treadmill and you barely burn uh, 500 calories. I think I know... I, I use the, the calorie burner thing on the treadmills when I used to run on the treadmill. They they are a little inaccurate, <laughs> to say the least. But yeah, um, really not, because it, it varies from person to person. But um, yeah, I think it's great. I think that if you can do that, then you might choose a little bit wiser. Really cool, really cool um, idea. So, you know, why not... Uh, why not knock off a few hundred calories and the choices you make and do a little less time in the gym, do a little less time running or whatever it is and spend more time doing the other things that you like doing. So I think it's a great idea. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so that was, that was my little take on calorie counts here in California. I, I'm not too sure exactly. I know here in law, you have to have nutrition, um, you know, ready and available if a consumer asks here in California. I'm not too sure how many other states do that, but I know here in California, you got to do it. If you ask for, you know, the nutrition, um, nutrition fact label, basically, they they should have it readily available for you. So really cool. Um, and then also just going back to work, I, you know, as I see patients, I'm starting to see a little bit of trend, and I think it's really cool. Um, the trend is people are eating less red meat. Um, really awesome. I get a lot of, one of the things, one of the pretty much the basic questions that I ask when I go see a patient, do my initial assessment, is ask, you know, do they have any food preferences? Um, like, do you not eat pork? Are you a vegetarian? Or whatever it is, you know? And <clears throat> they say... Uh, no red meat. Uh, they they're cutting or or they say you know what I don't eat too much uh, beef anymore or something like that. So I I was like wow, and I'm seeing it more and more often. That's pretty cool. I I'm not sure why that is, but I'm guessing that people are a little bit more health conscious, and I hope that. But and then at first I was thinking um maybe they heard about that whole World Health Organization and the link between um processed meats and stuff like that and, and cancer but you know what some most of them when I mention it um, as I'm giving some diet education they haven't heard of it at all so I really don't know but I guess it's because most people do know that uh, red meat is has already been established as um, you know a factor in cardiovascular disease so I think a lot of patients are cutting down on their red meat in that regards so I thought that was really cool too a lot of good things happening, you know, this here in the States, people are becoming more health conscious. There's this, this whole, you know, this whole health, health wave, you know, everybody's becoming a little bit more health conscious aware, but mm, if you look around, I don't know if it's, if you're seeing it, I, th I, th I think our, our obesity epidemic is still increasing all nationwide, so even though we are being more health conscious as a whole, I think 
I, I don't know if we're seeing any changes right now. Maybe just because it's starting out, so the changes haven't been pretty prevalent or pretty obvious when looking around. So um, anyways, yeah, <clears throat> Go, continuing on with this health conscious wave, you know, I listened to another podcast called Pirate Life um, with Tate Fletcher. Really cool podcast, really um, positive podcast, motivating, things like that. And um, just recently, I listened to one where he had um, Mike Dolce and Carlos Condit. Carlos Condit is a UFC fighter and Mike Dolce is a, uh, I think, a strength and conditioning coach or something like that. But he, yeah, he, he's bas- he does that stuff. And he also has his own diet out um Dolce Whey or the Dolce Diet, something like that. I think Dolce Whey is his his supplement, like Whey, W-H-E-Y. And then um, he has the Dolce Diet. So, you know, I thought he was just one of those guys that were, you know, trying to sell supplements, push things, things like that. But I'm glad I listened to this podcast because it's pretty cool. Um, one of the things that I really liked when they were interviewing him is when he was talking about how he had two RDs on his staff, two registered dietitians on his staff. Really, really cool. Um, It just makes him more legitimate, at least to me. Um, And people listening out there, you know, if you hear that he, if you are listening now and you know that he has dietitians on his staff, it makes him more credible in the things that he's telling you because, you know, everything that he's talking about is probably evidence-based. And then he has like this, um, he has all these other people on his team, not just dietitians, but that I think, I forget, it's him, you know, the workouts and then the dietitians with food and then he has, anyways, it's a, it's an interdisciplinary team basically. And so he helps out these athletes from all different angles, which I think is really cool. So everybody gets to put in their input on how they want to help train this athlete or this client or whatever. And I think that's awesome. So if he were as from his life experiences, but not being a registered dietitian, you know, he has the input from a registered dietitian. So he might have his food philosophy established. He might have certain ways to do things, but then a registered dietitian might see that and be like, Hey, you know what? Studies show this, studies show that, or himself, he might hit from just practicing with them and practicing his own, his own ways. He might do a little bit more evidence-based studies. And I think that's really, really awesome. I thought it was really cool. And one thing that I noticed, so uh, Carlos Condit started talking about bone marrow and eating bone marrow and stuff like that with Tate Fletcher, and they were talking about how it's really nutritious and whatnot. Um, But there aren't a whole lot of studies out there on exactly um, how nutritious bone marrow is, but it's not very nutrient-dense. You know, it doesn't have a lot of... um, If you take a look at the... um, Just go online, look at, uh, you know, like my, my... my fitness pal or whatever, you know, you could look at what's, um, what kind of nutrients are in um, a bone marrow soup or broth or something like that. And it's really not very nutrient dense. So I'm not too sure about that, but they were raving on about it. And it's also high in saturated fats. So just a little bit of bone marrow can give you a lot of calories just because of the saturated fat that you're going to get from it. So sometimes people drink it, you know, when they're sick, they feel better. It's probably because they're not eating too much, but then they're still getting all those calories. So really, you got to kind of look into it a little bit more. Um, 
And when they asked, they asked uh, Mike Dolce about what he thought about bone marrow and stuff like that. And I could tell he was a little bit hesitant because he knows, he, I think he knows what the, what the research and what the studies and what the nutrient analysis and things like that are on bone marrow. So he probably knows that, you know, that, um, maybe, you know, in raving on and on about it, there's not really a whole lot to rave on about when it comes to bone marrow. So I'm not too sure if anybody out there's, you know, drinking bone marrow. I think it's good for when you're sick, you know, you're not, your appetite's down, you're not feeling too good, you really don't want to eat. A bone marrow is going to give you those calories, make you feel a little bit better. So I think that's, so I'm not too sure. And then I even asked my coworker because I wanted to confirm and I, I really have the utmost respect for my coworkers, coworkers and, just, and also this coworker spe- uh, specifically because she, her knowledge in nutrition is just, and all these other things is just, on on another level and so when I asked her about it she's like yeah she said she made the whole same thing where it's like "Mm, not a whole lot of nutrition in bone marrow so let's just go with that (laughs) so once again remember you always got to be more aware of the foods that you're eating and what other people are saying you know when it comes to your food because you're the one eating it (laughs) but that's just uh, some of the things that were going on when it came to food around me and work and family life but on my own time I'm watching a ton of YouTube as always and um, I follow this I, I've subscribed to a channel called Munchies it's a really cool channel I really like it I enjoy it um, for you foodies out there uh, and so uh, one of the episodes was a man who lived off of pizza for 25 years I thought that was really crazy um, I was like wow I mean, crazy in the sense because I thought it was like every meal, just straight up pizza all day, every day. Um, He switches it up a little, but the way the video went on, um, it seemed like he ate it all the time for every meal. But they said every now and then he eats a bowl of cereal and whatnot. So, I mean, I like pizza. Pizza is one of my favorite comfort foods. So it's really, um, I I don't know. I don't know if I could do it for every meal, but... um, he just ate cheese pizza. He really liked cheese pizza. Anyways, I only bring this up because just to bring it back around how people <clears throat> have this disconnect um, with food and health and things like that is because when right off the bat, like in the beginning, within the first five minutes, I think of the of the of the video, he um, started eating pizza. They were interviewing at a restaurant. He started eating the pizza and he took his first bite and then he he paused for a second. He said, "Hold on." And he went to go take out his uh, his insulin and inject his insulin. So he has diabetes. But he, And then he started talking about his labs and how he visited the doctor and how his labs were looking all right and they were looking good. Everything was normal. But it's like, okay, hmm, you have diabetes. You're eating pizza all the time. You don't really correlate one with the other? Or at least maybe, you know, when you have diabetes, you're at a higher risk for heart heart disease, you know, cardiovascular disease. And now you're just adding to it because uh, all you want to do is eat pizza. Of course, I have to say, though, you know, this is the extreme and I'm sure there's some, um, you know, uh, mental issues going on, you know, psychological issues going on. But I think this, so even though this is taking the extreme, I think that people, um, 
you know, in general still do have that kind of disconnect where they just don't correlate certain things. And so that's why, once again, going back to saying, you know, eating the, uh, eating this burger, you have to walk X amount of miles just to burn it off. I think that's a great way to start connecting it back. Um, you know, and as I was mentioning in another podcast, I think the previous one is where, you know, when I take a look at food, of course you want to enjoy the food that you're eating, but at the same time, you can't, um, you can't forget that this food is, is not just for enjoyment, for pleasure and things like that. It's also nourishing your body. So don't you want to nourish your body with really good foods? If you know, fuel your body up with good foods. Every now and then at least, you know, make wiser choices. Um, use some of those five tips from that chef, from that chef menu to make your, uh, make your meal a little bit lighter. Um, it's just, you always got to be aware, got to be conscious. Conscious eating is, um, is a great way to really get in control with the foods that you eat um, and even enjoy your foods even more. Um, because now you're thinking about all those things. So I want to say again, you know, when I eat, I, I try to practice it every now and then. It Meditating is practice. It's a lifelong practice. You really can't do it all the time. So a form of meditation that I kind of do is whenever I eat something, as I'm eating it, it's hard to do it when you're with family, though. <laughs> I tend to do it more when I'm eating by myself. But anyways, um, what I tend to do is I try to think about not just the food that I'm eating, but I try to take it back, all the way back, all the way back. So what I mean by that is the bun that I'm eating, the bread that I'm eating, the cereal that I'm eating. You know, I think about the farmer who grew it, the farmer and his family, how he's just trying to support his family, all the way to the truck driver, to getting to the restaurant, to the grocery store, the person who's packing it, you know, all these steps go into your go into your food. So why not care about the food that you're eating? But yeah, that's how that's how I think about food um, sometimes because it is tough to always kind of think that way and practice that way. But I try to do it quite often because it does make my food more enjoyable and I appreciate it more. And when you do that kind of stuff, you tend to get satisfied with the food that you're eating, with the food that you're putting into your body and it makes you more conscious makes you aware and make wiser decisions about the food that you're eating so once again just just like that um everything that you eat everything that you do doesn't just affect yourself it affects your friends and family the people around you the ones you love and then it also affects the world so keep that in mind peace